The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun. And it's an ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I'm going to do the best I can to calm myself down starting right about now. You see, we have an Olympian getting busted for weed spanking your kids. Of course, we're going to offend everybody today. We're pulling out of Afghanistan. We have asked Dr. Jesse questions that are all over the map. Black Lives Matter. We have someone who wrote in from federal prison and everything else under the sun. I'm so excited. But this is what happens when I – that really happens to me a lot on Friday. As you've noticed, I tend to have a lot of fun behind the microphone. I can't believe I've had so many crappy jobs in my life. I can't believe I get paid to talk now. Especially on Fridays, I get excited for the show. And then the show kicks off, and what will happen is I'll start talking too fast. And then you're not going to believe what happened next, and soon I sound like an auctioneer, and nobody can make out anything I'm saying. So I'm going to calm down. I'm not going to have any caffeine, which I really want to do right now because I love coffee. I'm just going to slowly but surely work you into the show like a seasoned radio professional who's been doing this three years. We have Daniel Turner. He's coming up halfway through next hour. He has something to say to you about energy and what's happening in this country and why we're having these brownouts and blackouts that you really need to hang on for. You really need to hang on for that. And obviously, we're going to hit plenty of politics and plenty of fun. Let's deal with our Ask Dr. Jesse question from federal prison Right off the bat, because it's actually the lead story of the day. The headline is this. Richardson will miss the Olympic 100 after marijuana test. That's from APnews.com. American champion 
Shakari Richardson cannot run in the Olympic 100-meter race after testing positive for a chemical found in marijuana. Richardson, who won the 100 at the Olympic trials in 10.86 seconds. By the way, that is flying. For female times, that's flying. On June 19th, spoke of her band on the Today Show, yada, yada, yada. She accepted a 30-day suspension. Long story short, she's out in the Olympics. Which I'm going to pair with this email, which I thought was a gem right off the bat. If you want to email, we're checking email throughout the show. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Do you think that an Olympic participant that smokes weed and then wins should receive an extra award? I mean, come on. To win while high is an even greater feat. (laughs) He says, P.S., I've been in federal prison for 10 years, and I get about 12-plus hours a day of talk radio. Your show has rocketed to numero uno, my my man. Of course, Rush was the master of all. God bless his wonderful soul. But Jesse, my man, here in federal prison, we loving your style, my man. Thank you. P.S. I'll be trying your burger recipe in 35 days. Love you, man. My brother, get out in 35 days and go enjoy a Jesse Kelly burger and email me and tell me about it. For those who missed it, I gave out my world-famous burger recipe Last night on the show, everything's podcasted, iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On to the question, because I've had everybody ask me today, what do you think about this sprinter? What do you think about this sprinter? Why would I care about weed? When it comes to my Olympic sprinters, let me clarify something. Let me clarify something. I'm not telling you to go smoke weed. Obviously, marijuana is a drug. It's a drug that gets you high. I... Will never, ever, 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 ever judge you for mistakes you've made or mistakes you're currently making. That's not because I'm a good person who doesn't judge. It's because I've made every mistake you've ever made in your life a thousand times over. I will never tell you, don't you dare smoke weed. That's the devil's lettuce. Because I've smoked about 10 tons of it over the course of my life. Obviously, not something you want to continue doing. But let's be honest about it. Let's just dig into this real quickly here. Anything you put in your body, alcohol, weed, whatever it may be, if it alters how your chemicals in your brain work, that's not something that's good for you. Look, that applies to pharmaceuticals too, right? I mean, just because a doctor prescribes it doesn't change that fact. If your doctor prescribes you something that alters how the chemicals in your brain work, in general, eh, probably not a good idea. So I'm not here encouraging a bunch of people, hey, just go blaze one up this weekend, but I ain't judging you either. I approach situations like this from a completely cold-hearted jerk way of doing things. That's because I'm a cold-hearted jerk. What are you going to do for me? Does your vices, does, does, does the things you do wrong in your life, do they affect what you're going to do for me? I'm not saying I'm right with this approach to life, but it is my approach to life. Politicians? Ah, uh, did you hear that so-and-so had an affair and he just got his 10th DUI? I don't care. Is he cutting my taxes? It's, it, it, I don't care. He's not my dad, not my brother. Not my, I don't care. I do not care. I know you're going to disagree with me on that. I know what I'm about to say is not popular, 
That's how I feel. Uh, Chris. Chris is my producer. Works his butt off here every day for hours at a time. Let's say Chris gets off work tonight. Chris, please don't do this, by the way. But let's say Chris gets off work tonight, goes home, gets busted, 3 a.m. He's out driving 120 on the freeway, pops a blood alcohol content of, well, pure booze. Is Chris fired? Nope. Get your butt into work on Monday morning. Not your dad. I'm not your priest. Try not to be an idiot so you don't miss work, but not my problem. What are you bringing to me? What are you bringing to me? From my athletes, I've always felt this way. Just entertain me. That's why I hate all the all, all, everybody making everything political. You're not entertaining me anymore. You don't understand. Your job as an athlete is to entertain me. My job. My job for, for, for doing radio and TV. My job is just to entertain you. Yes, I'm obviously passionate about the things I talk about in politics and the direction of the country and whatnot. My job is not to save America. My job is to entertain you for 15, 20 minutes at a time because that's all I have you for. Why would I care if some world-class sprinter who's about to bring my country a gold medal is smoking weed? I don't care if she crosses the finish line and sparks a joint right there. Bring me gold, baby. Bring me gold. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's a good way to look at life. I understand I have more moral failings than the normal human being. I get that. That's simply how I approach life. Do you remember the steroid era of baseball? Everyone remembers that, right? McGuire and Sosa had that great home run race and everybody, everyone, even people who didn't watch baseball, the whole country's watching. Oh, look, it's a contest. The Bash Brothers. And then they finished. And what happened? The ultimate bad guy rose up, Barry Bonds, who's just a world-class jerk. He got tired of them getting all the publicity because he knew he was a better player than them. So he just juices himself out of his mind. His head turns into a basketball, and he crushes, I think it was 82 homers, and he was the bad guy. You didn't once walk by the television when Barry Bonds was up to bat. And then all this fallout comes down. They're on steroids. It's unfair. They're juicing. Okay. I was entertained. He's not my role model. He's not my father. He's not my pastor. He's not my brother. I know this. For a brief moment or several moments, Barry Bonds entertained me. Why would I care about an Olympic athlete smoking weed? I'm not her dad. All right. I'm not done with this yet. We're even going to get into spanking your kids and your Ask Dr. Jesse questions tonight. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Let's have some fun. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. It is. The Jesse Kelly Show on an Independence Day weekend. We did have to cut Jimi Hendrix off there. It's heartbreaking, but look, you and I know how that song ends up going, right? 
We know how the song was going. Chris, go ahead and keep playing it in the background. You can pick up where you left off. Jimmy starts out, and it's so patriotic, and he's just shredding. He's just shredding the guitar. And I mean, can't you feel the America right now as we go into this weekend? And then at some point in time, the heroin or something kicks in and he just kind of starts doing his own thing. And yeah, artists are weird people, man. Artists are weird people. Look, speaking of the wacky tobacco, back to the story about the Olympians. I only take what people I only take what I need from people I don't know. And of course we had an email come in during the break. Uh, what about what if that was your son? Well, no, I don't want my son smoking weed. Obviously, but my son isn't there to entertain me. Athletes are there to entertain me. Movie stars are there to entertain me. I don't care about your thoughts on climate change. Politicians, you're there to give me policies I want. Oh, but oh, but Trump was rude. I don't care. Trump's foreign policy was great. Outstanding on the economy. Obviously, hiring and firing was completely embarrassing, but I don't care. From these people, I take the small amount of what I want from them, and I leave the rest on the side. Also, I'm sure the point has been made a thousand times today before I move on to something else. We're going to allow men to compete in the Olympics against women, but we're bouncing a woman who smoked weed a month month ago? It's so daggone ridiculous. All right, let's get on to some Ask Dr. Jesse questions before I get on to spanking kids in Japan with a bit of an odd warning. There we go. Hi, Jesse. Just started catching your show uh, in San Diego on AM 760. What a great station, by the way. Think I will be a regular listener. You are an excellent foil to the woke left. Would like to hear more of your comments on BLM. Is there a more racist group in the country? Here's a fact I would love to hear your unfiltered comments on. Last year, 700 black women were killed by black men in domestic violence incidents. This is 25 times more than the black men killed by police. Why does black BLM give black men a pass? So on and so on and so forth. He says, keep up the good work, Jesse. Let's just go ahead and unpack all this. As you know, I'm all about unpacking difficult things no one else wants to talk about. One, Black Lives Matter is a black supremacist group. No question about that. I reject all. All skin color supremacy groups, Black Lives Matter and any other one that pops up, all of them. Why? It's not because I'm a saint. It's because I don't assign value to something that has no value, the pigment of your skin. And frankly, whether you are one of these people who's all about white people or all about black people, I think you look ridiculous all the time. You're assigning value to something that has none. People are not, are not a product of their skin color. They are a product of their culture. It's part of the reason I talk so much about race and religion and stuff like that on the show, and I get away with it. I get away with it for two different reasons. One, because I don't care when people get mad at me, and two, 
I legitimately don't care. Uh, Chris is a Jew. Doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me at all. I'm not a Jew. Why would it bother me? We get along great. That culture, I like it. That's why I have so many Jewish friends. That's why I get along with Jews in general. But not all Jews. I've met some Jews that are pieces of crap. I've met plenty of Christians that are pieces of crap. I've met white men, black men, Indian men, Mexican men who are pieces of crap. And I've met people from all those skin colors who are wonderful people. I find all skin color supremacy movements to be virtually identical. Black Lives Matter today is no different than the KKK was years ago back when they were terrorizing the South. It's a stupid movement led by charlatans who don't really believe it and followed by dullards who have an IQ of five. Every single person in one of those Black Lives Matter parades with a Black Lives Matter t-shirt on is either a charlatan or a dollard, just like the KKK guys were. Black supremacy movements are no better than white supremacy movements. They're all stupid, and I reject them all. That's one. Two, we do need to make sure we're always seeing the forest through the trees on this show. Black Lives Matter doesn't have anything to do with black people. You can point out all you want about the domestic violence stats like you did or, or the murder increases in these cities, and those are mostly black people and stuff like that. None of that matters. Here's what you must understand, and you're going to hear me say this a thousand times on this show because it's right and because the right must learn the truth and change its mindset or we will never win. Black Lives Matter is the exact same group as Antifa. Black Lives Matter is the same group as the feminist movement. Black Lives Matter is the same group as the LGBTQ, I don't know how many movement. Black Lives Matter is the same as the environmentalists. I don't mean they're similar. They're the same movement. It's all just communism. It's all communism branded in different ways so it can be a catch-all for any dollar it can find. The feminists, do you, do you think there's a reason there was that stupid rally when Hamas was launching all those rockets into Israel and there was some pro-Palestine rally and there was, honestly, there were a bunch of uh, lesbian girls. They got out there and held up a sign and I forget the exact wording, but I think this is right. I'm doing this off the top of my head. It said LGBTQ for Palestine, where they would be executed for being LGBTQ. And people on the right said, look at these idiots. Look at how ridiculous they are. It's not ridiculous at all if you understand it's all the same movement. It's all one gigantic cultural Marxist bring down America movement. That's why they all work together. Why do you think Antifa and Black Lives Matter got along so well and still work together to this day? Antifa wants to abolish the government. You know, that's what they say. Black Lives Matter wants to uh, help the lives of black people. That's what they say. Yet they get along great. That's so weird. Why? It's not weird if you understand the game. Do you want to understand the game? I'm going to explain it to you. Hang on. There were plants and birds and rocks and... 
It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday, and it's already been a blast. We're talking about street communists right now because I got a question about Black Lives Matter. Understand this. Feminists are the same as Black Lives Matter, are the same as Antifa, are the same as the climate change people, are the same as the LGBT. They're all just different brands of the same cultural Marxism. They share one goal. That's why they never, ever, 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 ever oppose each other. They share one goal. What is that goal? The destruction of the United States of America. That's the only goal these groups have. Whatever their issue is they tell you about, I'm for women. Oh, they're going to catch a bunch of dollars up in that group. Oh, yeah, I hate men too, and I drive a Subaru. I'm for women. But the group itself has one goal. And it's the same as the BLM goal. And this is not unique to the United States of America. If you do any reading on Lenin, go read stuff that happened during the Russian Revolution and then during the Russian Civil War. There wasn't a group of communists. There wasn't a group of, you know, there was, well, it's the communists versus the whites, the white army. That was the opposition for, for against the communists. It wasn't, oh, it's the communists versus the whites. There were all kinds of different street communist groups. That's how they do it. Because when you don't make your message about any one thing, you can make it about anything somebody's passionate about. Are there people who march in a Black Lives Matter parade who really are just passionate about making life better for black people? Of course there are. Are there women at one of the feminist rallies who really just want to make life better for women? Of course there are. I would argue argue all these people are, are misguided and ungrateful, but that doesn't change the facts on the ground. That's why the communist does it. There's something in it for everybody. Oh, I don't care about Black Lives Matter or, or feminism, but I'm really, really passionate about the planet. Oh, there's a big, there's an Earth First rally. I'm going to go to that instead. They do this stuff on purpose. On purpose. But they're not different groups. There is one group. One. In the end, they all share the exact same goal. Bring down the United States of America. That's what they share in common. And those are my thoughts on the Black Lives Matter group. APnews.com. U.S. hands Bagram Air Force Base, Bagram Airfield, to Afghans after nearly 20 years. 20 years. We all remember what happened, right? We all remember the towers coming down. I will give you just very briefly, I figure I might as well do it now. I give you my towers coming down story. Everybody has one. I am not one of these brave, you know, I joined the Marines after 9-11. I was already in. I was already in. I joined in 2000. We were on our base in 29 Palms, California. Don't ever visit. Don't ever visit. It's right in the middle of the Mojave Desert. There are actually shirts they sell on the base that say 29 Palms, 20 miles from water, two miles from hell. That's the kind of base it is. If I remember right, and I may have this wrong, I think the U.S. Army condemned it as unlivable. It was theirs first, and the Marines were all, oh, that sounds nice. We'll take it. So that's where I was. 
We had just gone out for morning PT. I'll never forget this. That's just morning exercise. We went out for morning exercise, some brutal run or something. I don't remember what it was. Got back, and whenever you get back from PT, you generally stand in formation outside of wherever you are. You'll, you'll all line up in lines. That's what formation means. And, you know, as a little group, you'll either keep going, you'll do more push-ups and stuff, or, or you'll sit there and stretch as a group. This day was a little different. This day we got back and they said, get upstairs to your barracks room and turn on the news. Now, you get directed to do a lot of things in the Marine Corps. Turning on the television isn't generally one of them. So we're like, what in the world's going on? We ran up there and turned on the news. And, of course, every news channel was on it. This was uh, uh, CNN. CNN was on. <laughs> Sorry about that. CNN was on at the time. And there was a hole in one of the Twin Towers. Uh, maybe the information was already out there for the rest of the public, but we had been out PTing and people were talking and wondering what's going on. I will tell you, when we turned on the TV and saw a hole in it, we didn't understand what the big deal was. Obviously, we knew it was a big deal that someone had flown into the towers and someone probably died. You know, definitely whoever flew the plane died, but we all thought it was an accident. And we didn't know it was some big passenger liner because we couldn't tell from the shot we had on the TV. We're all, what idiot flew into the towers? Like, was he not paying attention? Was he drunk? We just didn't understand it. And then we watched live, live, when that second plane flew into the towers. And then obviously it didn't take a genius to figure out we were under attack. Towers came down, all that. And then, you know, the United States' response after that, in my opinion, was good at first when it comes to Afghanistan. We sent the Green Berets in. We spent our CIA guys in going after Osama bin Laden specifically. And the problem is the mission gets lost so often. This is not unique to the war in Afghanistan. It's not even unique to war. It just happens so often that if there's a mission and you get a bunch of people on board with the mission, and you're, po- you're, you're passionate about a mission, and we're going to go do it. Let's do it, gang. Somewhere along the way, it gets lost. It gets lost. We, um, we were down here during Hurricane Harvey. I don't know why I'm telling this story right now either. Oh, well, I'm just going to tell stories the whole show. It's my show. I can do whatever I want. During Hurricane Harvey, I was living in Houston. You know, I'm still down here in Houston. And for those who don't remember, that was the massive flood. It wasn't that the hurricane was that bad. It was that the hurricane got over top of us and just stayed there. So it dumped something absurd, like 48 inches of water in 48 hours. It was like un- unheard of. And this whole area was underwater. Everything was. You were boating around. And my wife volunteers down at uh, a church. I'm not going to name the church. My wife volunteers at a church uh, during the time where everyone's trying to recover. People need food. People have lost everything. And it should be noted, I do want to point this out. I do want to point this out. MyPillow, you know the company MyPillow? I've already talked to you about MyPillow before. I've owned MyPillows forever. My wife brought it up to me last night because I'd forgotten. I was, we were talking about this story, and she said, you remember what my pillow did during that, right? And I said, no, what? She said, they sent us like a 1,000 pillows for free for people out of nowhere just so people could have something 
new and something to treasure because people had lost it all. So on top of honestly being great pillows and sheets and everything else, I'll never, ever forget that. I will be a Mike Lindell and my pillow fan to the day I die because of that story. But I digress. Anyway, wife volunteers down at this uh, down at the, the, the church to you're, you're giving people boxes of food and families are coming up and they've lost it all. And she was, you know, so blessed by it for the, for the first few days or so. And then what happened? What happened was infighting started. Well, who's actually in charge? I'm in charge. But what about Tina? Why is Tina taking too much time off? Did you hear how Tom talked to Bill? He shouldn't. It was supposed to be a volunteer effort to give people food in my pillow. And it turned into something where people lost sight of the mission. That's what happened in Afghanistan. It's not excusable that, that, that we were there for 20 years. These politicians and generals who screwed this whole thing up and our guys went over there and died and got maimed for that thing. None of these politicians or generals will ever be held account for it. I've simply accepted that as being part of reality. It, it's horrible. And I'll tell you. I'm thrilled we're leaving. I'm absolutely thrilled we're leaving. What's going to happen to Afghanistan now that we're leaving? Well, genocide. I I don't know if it'll rise to the level of genocide, but it's going to be something akin to genocide. I promise you that. Because the most powerful fighting force in that country is still the Taliban, which really is unbelievable when you think about it after 20 years. And they have a long memory. And they're going to storm in there, and they're going to they're going to tear our people apart. Anyone who's ever opposed them, but we can't take care of everyone forever. We don't have the money, we don't have the time, and our men and women who serve, you deserve to not serve for Afghanistan. That's just the truth. You don't sign up and take an oath to defend Afghanistan. You take an oath to defend America. I'm glad we're leaving. I am. I'm glad we're leaving. All right. Uh, we have more Ask Dr. Jesse questions. I have to address spanking. Do you spank your kids? Should you spank your kids? Did I spank my kids? This thing always gets a reaction when you come up with this. So let's talk about spanking. Hang on. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. We got fun and games. We got everything you want. The Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday, right before Independence Day weekend. Gosh, I'm so excited about it. Let's get back to your Ask Dr. Jesse question. You know what? Actually, hold up first. I, I, I just have to address this. This is America's military news. This is a real headline on my life. On my life. Japan warns U.S., a Pearl Harbor-style attack from China and Russia could happen. Wait, what? On Wednesday, Japan's number two defense official said China and Russia are showing increased signs of military cooperation, and their activities in the Pacific could show signs they plan to launch a Pearl Harbor-style attack on the U.S., similar to how Japan did on December 7, 1941, propelling us into war. Speaking at the Hudson Institute event, Japanese State Defense Minister Yasu, Yasuhide, Yasuhide Nakayama 
Quote, 70 years ago, we attacked Pearl Harbor, but now the U.S. and Japan are very good allies, one of the best allies all over the world. He went on to say how Russian naval forces are really exercising just right in front of the western part of Honolulu, so I don't want to remind the 70 years ago, but we have to be careful of the, ex- of the Russians. You know, I have to be real frank about something here. I'm a big fan of the Japanese. Everyone knows this, especially longtime listeners of the show. I like the history. I like the culture. I like the people. Got to spend a little bit of time there in the Marine Corps. And look, I'm not one of these guys of, I love every culture. Some cultures are garbage. Japanese culture is really, really cool. Always been a fan. Big fan. Even, even with all the terrible things they did during World War II with the atrocities and whatnot, still a Japanese culture fan. I'm still very impressed by the people to this day and am planning on taking a vacation there as soon as I can afford it. But that's another story. So I'm a Japanese fan, right? All that said, maybe, maybe not the thing you should be bringing up if you're Japan. There weren't any other examples you could bring up besides Pearl Harbor. Hey, you know, there are some bad people over there, and they might just sucker punch you out of the blue, just like we did at Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> in what? In what world did he think that was appropriate? In what world did he think that was appropriate? One cool thing about, well, not cool thing, it's actually terrible, but haunting thing, I guess I should say, about Pearl Harbor you know there are still people down there. Chris, did you know that? There are still our sailors on some of those ships that we were never able to get off. One of the things they never talked about when it comes to Pearl Harbor, very few people know about it, was they the ships went down, right? And they went down really, really fast. And there were guys trapped inside, which I, think about that. Power goes out. You're inside of a ship under the water as the oxygen is running out and the ship is filling up with water. I mean, that's everybody's nightmare. It's everybody's nightmare. I'm not even a huge drowning, like, fear guy just because I grew up in the water. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't be doing well. That's that's unique kind of fear right there. And so a lot of people don't realize for days after, days after Pearl Harbor – We had diving crews down there with torches cutting into the sides of these ships and rescuing people that we would find people alive down there and plenty of people dead too, but we would find people alive down there, but they never got to all of them. And eventually, you know, eventually you have to call it off. You can't for a variety of reasons. You can't get there. There are still people down there. You know, I've never stepped, I've never been to Pearl Harbor and I want to go bad. I want to go bad. But anyway, I don't know how I got sidetracked on that. Japan, I don't know that we necessarily have to use that example from you ever again. Let's let's just leave that one on the table. Let's get back to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. If you have any, email them to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Put Ask Dr. Jesse in the subject line. They all go right to Chris. Chris prints them all for me. I read them. I will answer them during the show. I'm enjoying you on WPTI WPTI 94.5. Thank you very much. That's a wonderful station. The question I have is, what is your suggestion or take on the removal of Confederate monuments? 
I feel like I am entitled to my heritage as everyone else is, whether it good or bad. The history cannot be changed. How can a resolution come in this matter? All right, I won't read her name because, I've, as I promised you always, even if you send me death threats, I will never read your name unless you tell me I can. I am dead set against the removal of Confederate monuments for a variety of different reasons. It's not just one. One of the main reasons I'm against the removal of Confederate monuments is the communists who want the monuments removed, they don't care about the Civil War. They don't care about black people. They don't care about reparations or anything else. The communists are simply doing the same thing communists have done everywhere they've ever taken power. The communists are wanting to destroy the history of a nation because when you rip a nation's identity away from it, it allows you, the scumbag communist, to remake it into anything you want it to be. That's all this is. They're just trying to remake it into anything they want it to be. But that's not the only reason. Let's get uncomfortable, and then we'll talk about spanking your kids. Hang on. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jesse Kelly show on a Friday. Oh man, it's going to be such a fun day. Daniel Turner's coming up in about 25 minutes. He's an energy guy and he's been paying attention to this Miami building collapse. He has some concerns to put it mildly. We're going to talk to Daniel Turner about that. Before I get back to the Confederate monuments question, we had some people who were sworn in today as U.S. citizens. And I'll tell you, look, As you know, I'm hard on this administration, and I've been hard on Joe Biden, but every once in a while, you have to give credit where it's due. Sometimes his words, they're inspiring. Look, today, uh, um, today's special guest uh, to all of you, it's my honor to congratulate the 21 of you who have earned the title of that our democracy in every is equal to being president. It's of the same consequence. Citizen. Citizen of the United States of America. (laughs) What What in the world? What in the world? I've said it. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. I'm ready for President Kamala Harris. I know she's terrible, but at least she's a functional adult. This is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. Uh, Chris, get ready to play this again. Please hear me on this. You and I don't understand what this is like because we we don't know what any other world leader even sounds like because they don't pay attention. We don't care. We're Americans. We're used to being number one. We don't pay attention. So you don't understand. The world watches when the president speaks. The world, they watch this today. Look, today... Uh... Um, today's special guest uh, to all of you, it's my honor to congratulate the 21 of you who have earned the title of that our democracy in every is equal to being president. It's of the same consequence. Citizen. What is, Citizen. What is he trying to say? <laughs> Sometimes I can at least follow along. I have no idea what he's trying to say. Back to the email question. The question was, from, it was from a lady clearly in the South. She's upset about the removal of Confederate monuments. My take on it was twofold. One, my take, which I already told you, was you don't bow to communists when they're trying to wreck your history, any of them, ever. Because you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. I watched the mealy-mouthed Republicans cave. That that idiot Senator Lankford from Oklahoma. Remember when they were tearing down all the Confederate monuments in the wake of George Floyd's death? And he was all, I really think we need to rename military bases too. Uh, Because I'm Mr. Black People. Look at how not racist I am. It's so embarrassing. Stop negotiating with people who just want to destroy you. Stop. Stop. That's one. Two. When it comes to Confederate stuff, Civil War stuff, it, it fascinates me because the Civil War, a long time ago, that's a long time ago. 
people get so passionate about it still. So passionate. I'm on the, over 200 stations across the country. And so many people hearing my voice right now, because I'm in different areas, right? We're all over the South, all over the Northeast, Northwest, Southwest. So we're just everywhere. People will be passionately angry about what I'm about to say, no matter what I say. And I don't care. Don't, it doesn't bother me. It, I, you're welcome to email me and yell at me. It doesn't bother me at all. But people will be passionate about it. What else is that old that, ar- that, that arouses that kind of passion in people? Nobody fought in it. Not a single person listening to my voice fought in it. None of your parents fought in it. It's not as if you have some close-knit tie to it. But people are still so passionate about it, which I love. I, I think it's cool. And I love the Civil War. Love it. I read about it all the time. I find it to be the most horrible, fascinating, complicated conflict. The, the one thing that ju- does drive me crazy about it, and people do this on both sides, whether you're down in Dixie or whether you're up in the north, people do this on both sides. They try to simplify a conflict that cannot be simplified. If you're from the north right now, you know what you were taught in school? And this is highly educated people. North good, south bad. Blah. Okay, what are you, a child? It's way more complicated than that. And if you're from the south, it's the war of northern aggression to you. I've heard it a thousand times. It's the war of northern aggression to you. And they violated your state's rights, period. Beep. It's more complicated than that, too. It's a horrible, complicated, fascinating affair. But when it comes to things like Confederate military bases and Confederate statues, they're not there because the country wanted to return to the days of slavery after the Civil War. They're there because we had a nation of people who were killing each other for years. And we had to try to find some way to heal after that. Fellas, ladies, when's the last time you had a blowout fight with your wife, with your husband, with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend? I don't mean a little tiff about where you're eating for dinner. I mean blowout fight. Voices are getting raised. Names are getting called. Probably not the fondest memory, right? So I'm not trying to take you back there, but did you make up in two minutes? That's one argument between two people who love each other. We were shooting and stabbing and blowing each other up in mass by the thousand for years. In the wake of that, there was so much bad blood. And so much animosity, and you're a traitor, and you're a scumbag. And so the people who were leading the nation then, all the leaders of the nation, north, south, didn't matter. You have to try to find a way now, since you're back to be in one country, to patch that bad boy back up again. That's not easy. That's not easy. The monuments and the military base names and things like that, named after people from the south. That was an olive branch saying, yes, we're all Americans. They decided after the war. They decided, not you and I with our modern-day sensibilities. They decided after the war. There weren't traitors. There weren't this. There weren't that. We're all Americans. That's how we have to treat it, or we simply won't ever be able to fix this country again. 
That's why it bothers me when they try to tear this stuff down today. You're using today's sensibilities. That's how we brought people back together back then. Shouldn't we remember? And look, if you want to take your kids to a statue of, uh, look, pick your, pick your Civil War guy. Uh, Sherman, if you, look, if you're from the Atlanta area and you find a, sh- a, a, a statue of William Tecumseh Sherman, there's probably a pretty good chance he's not high on your list of favorite people of all time. If that's the case, fine. Use that as a teaching moment with your child. Ah, Sherman. Why, Mom? Why are you mad about him? Well, here's what he did, son. And and likewise, if you're one of these people, ah, the South are a bunch of dirty Nazi traitors. I hate them all. That statue of Robert E. Lee, that scumbag. That's fine. Rage, be mad. That's fine. Use it as a teaching moment. As a teaching moment. I have a picture of me next to a statue of Karl Marx. Now, granted, I may be making a a hand gesture at him in the picture. I never showed you that picture, Chris. We got, there's a, a, (laughs) when I was in Europe, I love saying that. What, Chris? I love saying this. See, I went to Europe one time. I've been to Europe one time. It was a few years ago. We saved up for a long time. We decided to go to Europe and we went to Austria and the Czech Republic. It was a family thing. And ever since then, I like to tell all my friends, well, in my time in Europe, so I can sound so I can sound really sophisticated. But anyway, I was in Europe and in uh, Prague. In Prague, they have a communism museum in there. And it is it is something. Hang on a second, I'll explain. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Chris, before before I forget, before I forget, play that Biden sound one more time. Here's what happened today. And I'm not playing this for any other reason than to make fun of him. I should just, full disclosure, it's an immature day. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday People got their citizenship today. The president of the United States got up to speak in front of him, and he had this to say. Look, today, uh, um, today's special guest uh, to all of you, it's my honor to congratulate the 21 of you who have earned the title of that our democracy in every, is equal to being president. It's of the same consequence. Citizen. Citizen. <laughs> Of the United States of America. <laughs> I really hope, I really hope war doesn't break out. All right, back to, I'll get back to the questions here and the, the stories in a second. It's time to address spanking your kids. But lastly, I went to this communism museum in Prague. That's how you're supposed to treat communism. They had an entire museum dedicated to the scourge of communism and all the death and misery that came with it. Instead, we, the land of the free, we flat out teach it to our brightest minds. Harvard, Yale, Stanford, they're teaching it as if it's a good thing. And it is a sad state of affairs. All right. Headline. Let's make everybody mad. NewYorkPost.com. Spanking only makes kids and parents worse, according to a new study. People who were spanked as children 
but not otherwise abused, are still more likely to be violent in relationships, according to a new study. Let me, let me stop everyone here. Chris, I know you're still living in sin and haven't chosen to get married and have kids yet, but what are your thoughts on spanking? Are you a spanking guy? I'm talking about your kids, Chris. Are you a spanking guy? You are. Okay, he is. Not surprising. Science, that's, that word gets thrown around a lot these days. There's a new study. There's science. You know what drives me crazy about people today? And I'm sure I'm guilty of it on some level. What drives me crazy about people today is they genuinely, that they just, they believe they're at the peak of human history, that this is the top of it, that we've figured out now more than we've ever figured out before. And people today are smarter than they've ever been before. And we've moved past all these other things. I don't, I will never tell you how to, how to uh, discipline your kids. I'm a bad dad as it is. I'm never going to tell you how to discipline your kids. But I will tell you this. All of human history can't be wrong, right? Obviously, you don't ever want to abuse your kids. Obviously, you want to love your kids and provide for your kids and teach them skills and things like that. And part of loving your kids is disciplining them. My kids, my kids got spanked when they were younger. Now, full disclosure, I don't do it anymore. They're 10 and 12. When we did spank them, it was rare, but that's not because of us. That's because they tend to be, shockingly, because they're mine, really, really well-behaved kids. If I tell you don't touch this, usually they didn't touch it. If I tell you don't touch it, and you touch it, and I give you a little whap on the rear end, they'll never touch it again. They're just pretty good kids when it comes to that. Plus, in my opinion, 10 and 12 is probably getting a little old to be spanking them, especially since they're not troublemakers. My parents didn't abide by that at all. (laughs) I was spanked. Gosh, I think I was getting spanked up to I was 13, 14, 15 years old, I would guess. And look, I deserved it. When I was six years old, get this, we were going to church. One of the elders in the church made my mother an oak paddle. And he made it for her and presented it to her specifically, and I quote, to save Jesse from the devil. <laughs> that should give you some pretty good idea of what kind of child I was. I know you're going to find that shocking, but I was, I guess, a little bit irreverent and a bit of a smart aleck and kind of a headstrong kid. All I'm saying about spanking kids is this. Like I said, and everyone has their own thing. I don't do it with mine anymore. Another reason I don't is they have other things that hurt them more. There are things that my kids, it's not like they'd enjoy me spanking them. They're 10 and 12, and they've been taught things like suffer in silence. Oh, they might whimper a little, but they get over it in five minutes. You're hurting them a lot worse if you say, oh, okay. Um, How about no video games for a week? They would beg me to be spanked if it was the difference between that. Oh, okay. You're not allowed to go hang out with your buddies at the pool. They would beg 
to be spanked because of that. It's all a matter of doing something that makes them miserable. That's half the fun of parenting. (laughs) But in all seriousness, don't tell me spanking doesn't work. Parents have been spanking their kids since the dawn of time. And I'll say this. When, quote, science told all of humankind to stand six feet away from everyone else, and that is the that is that that's actual medical science now. That's what passes for medical science. Don't tell me we've figured out now more than we ever had before. Science today can't figure out how many genders there are. Don't tell me science has a new breakthrough on spanking kids. So you do with your kids what you want, but don't sit here and tell me that they, that all of a sudden spanking is bad for your kids. What a bunch of crap. We got the switch, we got the hand, we got it all. You know what? You know what's funny? I was actually more scared of my mom's spanking than my dad's because my dad is huge. My dad is a 6'4, 250, just a big dude. So my dad would hold back on us. You know, he wouldn't ever use a paddle, he would only use his hand, and he has these big, meaty hands. And I know he would hold back because my dad, I'm sure, just like I always did with my kids, I was worried I was going to hurt him. I wasn't trying to hurt him. I'm just trying to wake you up a little bit, give you a little whack on the rear end. I'm sure he was holding back. So it really wasn't that bad. Mom? Mom wasn't holding back at all. (laughs) Mom, Mom was absolutely letting that bad boy fly. All right. We actually haven't talked very much about this building collapse down in Florida. There are all these people still missing. Last count, last count I did, there were 18 confirmed dead. But when you're dealing with rubble like that, that number is going to go up, right? I mean, you know, you know you have people under there, you just haven't found them yet, so you can't you can't confirm them dead yet. We haven't really talked about it because I I just think it's just the most heartbreaking thing in the world. But Daniel Turner says there's something we need to watch about that whole building thing. Daniel Turner's coming up next. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Is that CC Music Factory, Chris? That's Snap. Or did you just snap something? I don't know. Joining me now to talk about the the collapse of that building and what's going on down there is my friend with Power of the Future, Daniel Turner. Daniel, you sent me something interesting about that building collapse, something we need to keep our eyes on. What is it? Yeah, this is the uh, Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm. Uh, Canadian-born Jennifer Granholm, failed governor of Michigan. Uh, she's a Berkeley lawyer, so of course that qualifies you to be the Secretary of Energy, mm-hmm. and it also qualifies you to be a structural engineer. And so as we all watch this horrible, horrible tragedy, 100-and-something people still unaccounted for, Jennifer Granholm let it be known that this possibly could have been caused by climate change. And I immediately thought of you because I think one of the things that you do best, Jesse, is you remind us that all of these uh, um, communists, basically, uh, it, it, all their agenda is aligned and they will gladly 
as you once said, they will let you drown in your lung fluid rather than admit hydroxychloroquine is a good drug. And they will dance on the graves of 150 dead people if they can advance a climate change narrative. And, and I, I feel like this needs to be called out. And that's why I sent it to you. Daniel, I want you to do the best you can because you're great about this stuff. Psychologize that for me. Because, look, I, as you well know, I mean, we're friends. We've had dinner together. I'm a bad person. I couldn't mm. bring myself to dance on graves like that for any political – something I'm passionate about. For yeah. when people who are dying, there are families out there praying for a miracle right now, kids trapped in the rubble, and they don't miss a beat without hesitation, man. And I'm bad, and I could never do that. No, and this is what really is remarkable about them and as a movement, and this is why the, the, the left, the political left, tends to always win, right? There is a tragedy of, of, a, of a shooting and that is an opportunity to say, well, we need to confiscate guns all across America. And you say, well, wait a second. This isn't a, a gun issue. This is a, a crazy shooting issue. Doesn't matter. Beta O'Rourke will be the first person out there to look. You see them burn down cities across America. And Kamala Harris, when she's done cackling, will say, you know, this is the fault of systemic racism and the founding fathers. And you say, well, how the heck did you draw that conclusion? It's, of course, a bunch of lies. But it advances their agenda, and they are agenda-driven people. And so you're right. I'm a terrible person, but people once people sometimes are like, "You are a really mean tweeter." And I'm not a mean tweeter. I think I'm an honest one. But I could never be that callous with human life because I don't have the agenda that they do. Daniel, we've got brownouts, we've got blackouts. It's not a, it's not a mystery that California suffers from them. I know Greenpoint in New York City was just going through it. We have the government telling people use less air conditioning. And look, yeah. I, everyone knows, I, look, I went to community college, man. I'm not some energy expert like you are. It sounds crazy to me that with all the coal and oil and nuclear capability, it sounds crazy to me that wealthy states like California and New York would not be able to provide enough power for their citizens. What's happening? Absolutely. And, and this, is a, this is a self-inflicted wound, and this is absolutely deliberate. It's absolutely politically caused. It's, it's 100% reversible. But when in America have we never not had enough power? When have we never had enough electricity for for its citizens? But but Governor Cuomo himself, as smart as Jennifer Granholm, he's closed multiple coal plants in, in New York State, my home state. Uh, New York City is where I'm from, as you know. He's closed uh, one of the last nuclear reactors in New York State, which powered about 20 percent of the electricity for New York City. What's the plan to replace it? There is no plan. They just tell you. These things are bad, and therefore we are shutting them down. And then what's the consequence? And I'm glad you pointed out it was, it, it was areas of Greenpoint. It's, look at the people, if you go on social media and you look at the videos of people who are saying, I don't have power, who are they? They are not the Upper West Side. They are not Tribeca. It's not the Fox News headquarters in Midtown. It is the, it's minority communities. It's poor parts of New York. These are the people who suffer under the environmental left, under the left period, right? Look at the people who are subject to their lousy school system. Look at the people who are subject to their awful run cities, right? The people who suffer under the left are the very people they claim to care about. And, it, and it's tragic. Daniel, nationally, 
Explain to me the left's opposition to nuclear power. Because, look, I don't care. I, I'd be building coal plants if it were me. I'm a heartless yeah. capitalist monster. This place, there'd be lights on everywhere if I were in charge, baby. But, okay, understanding yeah. that that's not the norm now. What is the opposition to nuclear power? What's the justification for opposing it? The same opposition to that is the same opposition to you holding guns. It's scary. And, and, and they like to play on people's fear. Why did Jennifer Granholm tell people this building collapses about climate change? Because they want to scare the crap out of you. And if you are afraid, then maybe you will submit your free will and your freedom to the government. How afraid were we of, of, of COVID? Oh, my gosh, Jesse, did you know that five-year-old kids could get the disease? They need to wear masks. And you say, well, that's not true. doesn't matter. They will scare you into putting your kid in a mask because fear is how they control you. And so what is the, the, the concern about nuclear? It is absolutely about fear. France, Jesse, France powers 90% of its country with nuclear power. If the French are not afraid of nuclear power, why the hell is New York State afraid of nuclear power? <laughs> Daniel, the Olympics are going to suck, aren't they? And the, the, reason, oh. I say, the reason I say it is this. Uh, every other country in the world, whether they be rich or poor, they're going to be represented by athletes who love their country and wave the flag proud. And our athletes are just going to ruin it for us, aren't they, by making it just some horrible wine fest? Well, the only solution to that, Jesse, is to get rid of all women's sports and fill them with men. And then maybe the Olympics will not be as bad if they just have men dominating every event. Oh, gosh. All right, Daniel. Lastly. By the way, speaking with Daniel Turner, Power of the Future, he is the one who is leading the charge against these scumbags on the left. All right, how is Joe Biden doing when it comes to oil? I know they all talk tough. I know every one of these leftists talk tough. I will shut down oil. Exxon will be out of business. That's the campaign rally. Did he follow up on any of that? Are these gas prices his fault, or was he all barking no bite? No, these are a lot of this is driven because of his policies which are, are not done through the White House. They are done through the agencies. So someone like Deb Holland, the Secretary of the Interior, she has stopped uh, uh, drilling on federal land, right? She has a moratorium on fracking. They didn't ban it. And Joe Biden will tell you, we didn't ban fracking. We just put a pause on it for the foreseeable future. And all of these little things incrementally cut into the supply. And as the supply dwindles and the demand increases, and of course the demand is going to increase because businesses are opening. It's summer. Summer is always the time we use more oil and gas than ever before uh, the, the rest of the year. Demand is increasing. Supply is dwindling. And prices are beginning to rise. And they're going to go up. By, we will have 100 and something dollar a gas hundred and something dollar a barrel oil by the end of the year. Oh. And it's deliberate. It is totally deliberate, Jesse, because they want you to be angry. They want you to hate the fossil fuel industry. They want you to be pissed off so that you go to government and say, we will fix it with a Green New Deal. So this is deliberate. They want you to be mad and they want you to suffer just the way they did with COVID, the way they do with schools, the way they do with anything. They need you to suffer so that you turn to government for, so, for the solution. Daniel, what does $100 a barrel oil, what does that mean for the average consumer, consumer at the gas pump? How does that translate down to the gas pump? Yeah, I mean, when when gas hit its all-time high, which was in 2008, I think oil was 147 a barrel. 
Um, but the average price per gallon nationwide was over $5. Um, and that's what we're headed for. And then translate that to your electric bill. Translate that to your, your food prices, right? Because when you transport goods, you think Amazon is not going to tack on a little fee for delivery? Amazon's not going to pay more money on gas. You know, they're not going to say, woof, these trucks are expensive. We, we're losing money. They're just going to charge you more. So all these prices will get added on to the consumer in grain prices and beef prices. Everything will become more expensive. And again, who suffers? The middle class? Yeah, the middle class gets kicked in the teeth and it hurts. But the ones who suffer are the poor. The ones who suffer are the marginalized. They are the ones who always suffer under the, 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 the movement of, of, the, of the left. Regardless of the country, regardless of the year, Jesse, the, the, those who are weakest are the ones who are crushed first under, under these socialists. It's terrible. Daniel and that's why Turner. we fight. Daniel Turner, Power of the Future. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Jesse. All right, we're not done with Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, and we have a judge may have just put Gislaine Maxwell's life in danger. Why? I'll explain why in just a sec. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. The Clintons might be on the prowl again soon, I'll explain, but let me get back to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions first and foremost. Dear Oracle and his grasshopper, I'm the Oracle, Chris. You're the grasshopper (laughs) in your stupid face. After finally being able to get the show on podcast, I listened to the first three episodes all at once. I was grinning like a possum eating a sweet tater all day yesterday. You did not disappoint and you did not hold back. Keep going full speed with your anti-communism preaching. America needs to hear it. And the dysentery story was obviously a must for debut week. (laughs) I mean, come on. How could you not? Mickey Harver. When did we tell that? When did we tell that day uh, dysentery story? Chris, was that Monday night? You let me tell that story on opening night for the new show. <laughs> Man. Oh, that's so good. All right. Headline. This is from the post millennial. There wasn't a question in there. It was just a compliment. Oftentimes you'll find I like to read compliments about me on the air. Just so you know how great I am. Look, that's part of the joy of quit. What Chris? That's part of the joy of having your own show is getting to talk about yourself at all times. What's more fun for me to talk about than me? Headline from the Post Millennial. Judge approves unsealing of documents linking Ghislaine Maxwell to the Clintons. A federal judge has approved yada, 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 yada. Maxwell, the highlight of public interest being any evidence financially linking the Clinton Global Initiative and the Clinton Foundation to her. Now, you know I don't bore you with details. I don't now and will never bore you with details because details ruin a story. That's all we're doing here is telling stories, right? Telling stories, figuring out how we think about things. That's what we're doing. So I don't often read very much of the article. I do, however, think it's appropriate to read a little bit of this one because we are, let's be frank, If Ghislaine Maxwell is going to tie 
the still very much alive former president of the United States of America to an international sex trafficking ring, that's pretty much as big a story as humanly possible. Is that going to happen? I don't know, but I promise you this much, we're going to talk about it. Anyway, moving on. The Daily Mail recently announced a breakthrough in unsealing documents related to the case. Presiding Judge Loretta Prosecca ruled that dozens more documents about Maxwell's various dealings will be made public within the next two weeks. A list of what's expected, and then it goes through a laundry list of things, but one of them is... How does this tie to Bill Clinton? The article goes on. The public interest in the case comes from connections to elite in politics and business industries that Jeffrey Epstein befriended. Former former President Bill Clinton and royal family member Prince Andrew being persistently brought up in questions as to their exact involvement or knowledge of Epstein's operations. Now, you want to have a frank talk? We do that a lot. As you've probably picked up by now, this is not not a normal show. Nobody tells me what I can talk about. I'm allowed to say whatever I want. I have no idea why they just let me say whatever I want. But let's have a talk. We all know about the Jeffrey Epstein thing, right? Nobody, nobody thinks that was done just because he... He, he was down and out and wanted to end it all. That, that's just, that's not, if you think that, you're the conspiracy theorist at this point. People think either A, he had someone come in that cell and kill himself. Remember, the cameras mysteriously went down. Or B, and I'll be honest, and I have no inside knowledge of this. B, this is the one I think happened somebody threatened him with something he couldn't withstand if he didn't do it. Oftentimes, that's how those things go. Someone pays Jeffrey Epstein a visit and simply holds up a picture of something or somebody very precious to him. And I I don't know his family situation. I didn't look into it. But, oh, hey, Jeffrey, nice to see you. It's Bob. Oh, look at that. That's a picture of your daughter. Do you think she should go on living? Oh, that's funny. If you do then you shouldn't. I'll see you tomorrow or not. And then they walk out. That's not something that only happens in the movies. I want you to understand that that's real. That stuff happens a lot. That stuff happens a lot. That's there are some really ugly, ugly, ugly parts of this world. The whole Ghislaine Maxwell thing fascinates me. It fascinates me for this reason. Okay. Epstein kills himself. If that's what we're going to stay. But for whatever reason, Epstein died, and Epstein very likely died because he knew some really, really damaging things about really powerful people. If you know damaging things about people who don't have any power, that's no big deal. If you know damaging things about people who have a lot of money and power and access, well, you better look both ways when you're crossing the street. The Maxwell case is even more fascinating to me. Why? I will explain in just a sec. Hang on.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jesse Kelly Show, and I told you it was going to be a fun time on a Friday, did I not? On Friday, we have fun around here. One last thing on this Gislaine Maxwell lady, and I'm having people tell me that's not how you pronounce it. That's how I pronounce it, okay? Here's the reality of it. When you are wealthy and or famous, you have connections. Not always bad connections by any stretch of the imagination, but you're never that far from bad connections. How can I explain that? Well, here's a perfect way to explain it. I bounce around town a little bit here in Houston from time to time. And sometimes you have radio meetings. Sometimes I have TV meetings. Remember, I have a TV show every single night on the channel called The First. It's on you know, right after this show's over. Here's the deal. 
But when you bounce around town, you meet a lot of people. You meet a lot of business owners. You meet a lot of business leaders. One time I had to sit down for lunch. Shouldn't say had to sit down. I'm friends with all these guys. With a bunch of the Mexican restaurant owners in this town. Uh, they're, they're one. I mean, they don't all get along. That's not true. But they are, in general, very close friends. And they're very close friends of mine. And these are guys who own. There are Mexican restaurants all over Houston. These guys own lots of them. So I had a chance to sit down with them one time. End up after lunch having a private conversation with one. We were just joking about something else. And he brings up to me that he's having a problem. I said, what kind of problem it is? Or what kind of problem is it? Somebody, there was, there was a property he owned, not one of his restaurants, but there was a property he owned and the adjacent property didn't like him and kept vandalizing severely his property. And he said, and this this dude is the most straight and narrow dude you can possibly imagine. He does, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't cuss. He doesn't anything. He's been married to his wife, I think, for 50 years. It just just one of those guys. Just a really great dude. But he was getting his property vandalized repeatedly. He had called the cops in that area repeatedly. And they had gone out to talk to the neighbor, but they couldn't prove anything, so they couldn't get anything done. But he knew it was him. And we were just joking. We're like, we were talking, and and he said, you know, I don't think I'm going to bother calling with the cops anymore. I just think I'm going to call my cousin. It was just out of the blue. I said, your your cousin is he is he with a separate law enforcement agency or is he with you know U.S. Marshals or FBI or ATF or something? Who, who's your cousin? And he just kind of looks at me. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. He's just, he's not, he's not the most straight up guy in the world, but he'll get it handled. And I didn't ask any more, I didn't ask any more questions and I've never revisited the issue. But the truth is once you get to a certain level of wealth and status, even if you don't know a guy, you know, a guy who knows a guy. Now, if you're, Let's just make up a random name. What if your name is Schmil Schmitten? All right. Do you think if you're maybe, maybe you're a former president or something like that. Maybe you're with millions and millions of dollars and a former president. How many phone calls do you think you have to make before you can get to a guy who will handle things for you? I'm not being a conspiracy theorist. And in general, I know the joke about the Clintons. I'm not accusing the Clintons of anything. I'm genuinely not. I don't know the truth of all that stuff. I'm not. What I'm saying to you is this. It's not just in the movie. Wealthy, powerful people don't generally go down for crimes. Why don't they go down for crimes? Because wealthy, powerful people have a variety of avenues available to them To get away from said crimes. Sometimes that involves money in the right hands. Sometimes it involves a favor. Sometimes it involves people doing some ugly things. What people, you ask? Have you ever read the book Zero Footprint? If you've never read the book Zero Footprint, I would highly recommend you read it. Even if you're not into that type of book, 
simply for how it will open your eyes to how the world works. I will spoil some of it for you. The author, God rest his soul, did end up getting killed, so he's gone now. So I don't know who the proceeds are going to. And he's not a personal friend, so I'm not trying to sell the guy's book for no reason here. It was just an eye-opener of a book. What he was was, uh, I believe he was a Brit, if I remember. I'd spent some years since I read it, a a high-level Brit. I think he was SAS, but he was a Brit. And then he left, and he became a PMC, a private military contractor, a mercenary. He became a mercenary. Well, he explained the mercenary world. You see, you hear the word mercenary. I hear the word mercenary. What do you think? You think about a ragtag group of dudes who will kill anybody for money. That's not true. There are extremely legitimate PMC groups all across the world uh, of really, really patriotic, switched-on dudes who are out there, and they're they're working for mega companies. They're working for countries. The United States of America has written several checks to PMCs where we don't want military involvement. We don't have time for military involvement. Can you take your group here? So on and so forth. And so much of the time, the mission is a good mission. Like, if you read through this book, you'll read that this guy's fighting ISIS. He's fighting the Taliban. This guy, He's doing good things around the world. But he does make sure to step away for a moment and simply explain. There are a lot of PMC groups out there. Because there are a lot of men out there who have been, for most of their adult lives, trained with, to use, a, to use a phrase from the great movie Taken, trained with a particular set of skills. What is that set of skills? It's killing people. Once you're done doing that in an official capacity for America, for Germany, Israel, Israel's big in that PMC world, uh, France, Britain, you name it. Once you're done doing it in an official capacity, maybe you find yourself a 30-year-old man. You're not going to go be an accountant. You don't know how to do accounting. You don't know how to be a mechanic. You do know how to work with your hands, though. And so you choose to become a PMC. The problem is lots of those guys, they're not necessarily the most moral human beings all the time. Now, many are. Again, like our special forces guys, most of the time are, are you know the best of the best. That's not universal. And when you talk about the kind of money you can make at that, your morals can all of a sudden be really, really bendable. How bendable? Look, I was just in the Marine Corps infantry. I wasn't no Navy SEAL or anything like that. We were offered $30,000 a month to go hunt poachers in Africa. A month. That's the reality of that world. What I'm trying to say to you is this. There are some PMC groups out there who are not fighting ISIS in the Taliban. There are PMC groups out there who are told, hey, there's a village here in Zimbabwe. It'd be really great if that wasn't here anymore next week. And they go do it. That's, again, not the movies. That's not a Tom Clancy book. That's the real world we live in. How long would it take somebody of power and influence to make sure nobody doesn't exist, to make sure somebody who exists 
stops existing, how long would it take them to get that person taken care of? That's the reality of it. Ghislaine Maxwell apparently is a really, really, really bad person. Apparently she was knee-deep involved. Uh, by If the accusations are to be believed, she is knee-deep involved in all this stuff that Epstein was, and it's really gross and it's really terrible. But she has information on some very, very powerful people. Let's just hope the cameras stay working in Ghislaine Maxwell's cell, and I'll leave it at that. We'll get back to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. But first, let's talk about you and your financial future. You work hard for your money. You deserve to retire the way you want to retire someday. That means you deserve to not let the government destroy everything you've worked hard for. $28 trillion? $28 trillion. That's our debt level. That is unsustainable. Please listen to me now. Buy some gold and silver from Oxford Gold Group. I don't mean a piece of paper either. I mean, you can buy tangible, hold in your hand, gold and silver. How long has gold been worth something? Oh, I don't know. Forever? It's always going to be worth something. Make sure you diversify. 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. Make sure you tell them Jesse sent you. They will take special care of you. Call Oxford Gold Group today. 833-995-GOLD. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. A credit card that's got no limit and a big black chair with a band. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I love this song. I don't care what you say about Nickelback. This is a good song, Chris, in your face. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. You know we're going to get some emails about that Ghislaine Maxwell thing. Look, I'm just being honest with you. I'm being honest with you. There are bad men out there, lots of them willing to do bad things for money, and they're eventually going to be connected with the wealthy, powerful people who need bad things done. That's the way the world has always worked. Don't think you live in some civilized time here. How many other things do you have to see? Let's get back to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Dr. Jesse, What do you think America will look like after the midterms of 2022? What do you think America will look like after the 2024 elections? He said I could say his name. His name is Robert. All right. I I, I do need to be clear about something here. I believe that Republicans are going to win significant, significant amounts of seats in 2022. Why? Why? Because Democrats, they made the same mistake Democrats always make. They were insane. They couldn't hold themselves back. They can't stop themselves. They can't shut up. They can't back off. The the great benefit the communist has is the communist never stops. Never stops. He's relentless, always moving forward. He's like a junkyard dog trying to bite everybody. But that's also his greatest weakness, too. They can't slow down. They can't make themselves slow down or back off. When something's terrible, they can't stop themselves. Democrats got into office 
And he immediately kept pushing the defund the police stuff and all the stuff that's going to make them extremely unpopular. Plus, Democrats are insane, period. But, I mean, like, legitimately insane. What happens is Republicans get elected to office, and because Republicans are spineless losers without ideas, Republicans lose seats. But they lose seats, and then the American people choose Democrats because Republicans are spineless losers without ideas. Then the Democrats come in, and the American people go, whoa, I remember why we threw these psychopaths out to begin with. Let's go back to the Republicans, where at least a couple things worked well. Our politics is a never-ending swing of that. We're going to win back seats in 2022. We're probably going to win the presidency in 2024. Why? Because Kamala Harris has the likability of a black widow spider on your face. That's why. She's, uh, we, we broke this down last night on the show. If you missed any part of last night's show, the whole thing, all our shows are podcasted on iHeart and Google and Spotify and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. As you'll see, there's about 900 of those there, and it makes me laugh. (laughs) Anyway, Kamala Harris has a likability problem, a serious likability problem. People don't like her. And that's not just me because I disagree with her politics. Remember, she joined the Democratic primary and she was the media darling, right? She was the woman, the black woman. She, they were going shopping with her. They were doing glowing. They did everything they could to prop her up. And she promptly nosedived. Even Democrats who are crazy, they got a taste of Kamala and thought, oh, gosh, this person, this is the least genuine human being I've ever seen in my life. That's a no. Well, Chris, do you have the Joe Biden cut from earlier? You see, a bunch of people were getting sworn in as citizens earlier. They got the privilege of having the president of the United States get up there and say a few words. And here were his few words. You're not getting in uh, Rocky Road for infrastructure? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you. It's not kind of Rocky Road. We're going to get it done. Not that clip, Chris. I'm talking about the one where he's doing the citizenship thing. Play that one. Look, today, uh, um, today's special guest uh, to all of you, it's my honor to congratulate the 21 of you who have earned the title of that our democracy in every, is equal to being president. It's of the same consequence. Citizen. Citizen of the United States of America. Is that guy running again in 2024? No, he's not. And Joe is likable. Don't. Write me your emails. I hate him. I can't stand him. I can't stand him either. We have to, you and I have to be able to dispassionately observe politics. We do. Barack Obama had charisma coming out of his ears. No, I don't like Barack Obama. I despise him more than you do. I'm adult enough to recognize charisma when I see it. Donald Trump had charisma coming out of his ears. Joe Biden is a likable politician. People like him. It's why he's president of the United States. Well, that and other things, but we're not going into that right now. Kamala Harris doesn't have that. She doesn't have charisma. She doesn't have likability. 
and she's going to be the presumptive nominee. Because if Joe Biden decides to retire, or God forbid something happens to him, but if he decides to retire, Kamala Harris is going to be President Kamala Harris. It's not that it's not that I don't think anyone will challenge her. It's really difficult to challenge the sitting president as your party's nominee. That is the ultimate pickle Democrat insanity got them. You see Joe Biden because Democrats wanted to go all in on this stupid identity politics, woke nonsense. You remember Joe Biden? Ah, I'm going to pick a woman uh, and a woman of color. Look, I'm super woke. Okay, well, that leaves you stuck with Kamala Harris or Stacey Abrams. You pick Kamala Harris, but you're not in the best health in the world. And now she's going to be leading your party. And by picking Kamala Harris, your stupid identity politics probably doomed your party to lose. It's easy to foresee a scenario where Republicans control the House, Senate, and presidency after the 2024 elections. That is the good news. But I have bad news. And here it is. Republicans have absolutely no idea what to do with the win when they get a win. The Republicans promptly get power and they look around and get scared to use it. They get scared about big, meanie, McMean-faced media articles. They get scared that this person's going to get mad and this might not appeal to moderates. And what do we do about this? And they'll paralyze themselves with fear just like they did last time and accomplish exactly nothing. You know I'm right. You know I'm right. But there is there is one thing they should do. It's not the thing they have the guts to do, but it is the one thing they should do if they actually want to take back this country. You want to know what that is? I'll tell you in a second. Man in me will do it is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. This is the Friday, well... Like all other Fridays where I take my almost three years of community college education and I answer your questions. This show is about you. What should the GOP do? If if my prediction is correct and we take it all back, 2022, 2024, it's all ours. Well, what will the GOP do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They'll pass a little tax cut and... Do nothing else meaningful like they always do. What should they do? The entire Republican Party, if they're interested in continuing as a party, if they're interested in continuing the United States of America, they will shift every single little bit of their focus towards the American education system. Every single problem you see in the United States of America today begins in the education system. We have filtered generation after generation after generation through this system that has taught people that America sucks and it has absolutely killed us, killed us. And it's crazy. And I'll tell you something else they can do. Now, it's not as important as education. Something else they can do? 
they can go after the federal bureaucracy and clean out some of the filth there. What do I mean? Well, here's what's happening right now in the country. How often are you hearing about January 6th? The insurrection on January 6th. The riot on January 6th. The deadliness of January 6th. Here's Senator Claire McCaskill about January 6th. We're going to start a new family tradition in my family on the 4th of July. And every 4th of July going forward, we're going to watch that video that the New York Times put together of of January 6th. Every 4th of July, they're going to watch the video the artists put together about January 6th. Or they're going to watch the video that New York Times put together about January 6th. It was a video showing January 6th, of course, to be the end of the world. Let me ask you something. Why do you think they're all in on January 6th? Why do you think we have a January 6th commission and Claire McCaskill's talking about the video and there January 6th this and January 6th that and deadly coup and insurrection? Why do you think that is? Well, here's the bad news. I'll tell you why it is. This is all a pretext. This is all a pretext for the Democratic Party declaring you to be an enemy of the state so they can use the full force of government against you. That's why they talk about January 6th so much. They want, because America's communists are no different than communists have always been. Like I've told you, they want to be able to send the FBI to your door for having a MAGA hat on. They want to be able to use the force of government against you for the the horrible mortal sin of being a Republican. That's why they talk about January 6th all the time. That's why our disgusting FBI says white supremacy is the biggest domestic terrorist threat when you've sat and watched Black Lives Matter murder people for years in the streets and loot and burn. White supremacy? You've never met a white supremacist in your life. I guarantee it. That's why. That's why. I addressed the Olympic thing earlier in the show, so let me just clarify this. The Olympic thing I'm talking about is our champion, Shakari Richardson. She's our 100-meter. She's a dynamite at the 100-meter. Got booted out of the Olympics. Won't be able to make the Olympics because she popped for marijuana. One, that's a really dumb thing to do. It's a really dumb thing to do when you know the rules. That, let's just be clear about that. We are the people of personal responsibility, so it's a dumb thing to do. But two, that's so ridiculous she can't compete anyway. What does it matter? Look, if you want to pop her for steroids or something like that, I'm fine with that. If you want to try to run out performance-enhancing drugs from the Olympics, one, you'll never be able to do it. But if you want to do that, that's fine. Is weed helping her win the 100 meters? No. Why do I care? Why should anyone care? They're going to ruin the Olympics. They will. They will ruin the Olympics. All right, let's move on to some more Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Dear Big Time Jesse, you were sent back in time to when Hitler was 10 years old. It's your job to prevent him from turning into a Jew-hating psychopath. You have six months with him. How do you do it? Oh, man, that's a tough one. You have six months with him. How do you do it? Honestly, 
if the best way to to stop hating somebody is in general just to be around him, I'd take him down to where all the Jews hang out, and we'd go hang out with the Jews. Now, we wouldn't eat there because your food is terrible, Chris. I don't care what you say. <laughs> we, but honestly, just take him down and hang out with some Jews. I Remember this. Hitler, he started his anti-Semitism very early on in his life. Uh, he, he blamed them for the fact he was a failed artist. And you know what's wild about, about Hitler? He's a pretty good painter. Isn't that crazy to think about? Somebody showed me one one time. They were doing one of these mental tricks on me. They're like, hey, do you? Now, granted, I'm not exactly what you'd call very artistic, but they said, hey, what do you think of this painting? And I thought it was really good. I thought, wow, that's really good. They're like, oh, you like Hitler. You know, trying to play that stupid joke. He was talented, not talented enough. Blame the Jews for for his artistic career not taking off. But... That didn't manifest itself into this, you know, demonic, you know, murderous hatred until after World War One. Remember, Hitler was isn't it? Isn't it funny the duality of man? You realize Hitler was a war hero. Hitler fought. Isn't that tough? To, isn't that a bitter pill to swallow? Hitler fought in World War One and won a medal uh, running out to no man's land, which was, I mean, they called it no man's land for a reason. You didn't go there. You were going to die. He ran out there and saved somebody. And then eventually in the war, he got gassed. That's why his voice had that, you know, really raspy thing. And yes, that's why he kept the mustache. He kept that stupid mustache on his stupid face because it was a symbol to all of Germany it was a reminder to them that he had fought in World War I because that's the kind of mustache you had to have during the war to have the gas mask on. But what happened was he blamed the Jews in his own country, and specifically he blamed the Jews in Russia for the Russian Revolution. He thought it was a Jewish thing. He thought communism was a Jewish thing. And frankly, there are people out there today who think that, and that's not true. That's not true. Are there Jews who are communists? There's no question about that. Yes. But remember, a communist only has one religion, and it's not Judaism. It's communism. That's a mistake. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much of the history of it, but I love history on the show, so we talk about it. Uh, Lloyd George, he was the leader of Britain, and he's he's trying to fight World War I. And he wanted to extend an olive branch to the communists who had just taken over Russia, remember? And because he didn't, he wanted them to stay in the war and keep fighting on their side. So he issues the Balfour Declaration, essentially kind of establishing Israel as a modern nation state. That was mainly for the, to the Jews in Russia because he thought he was extending a hand. It was the ultimate miscalculation of all time. They weren't Jewish anymore. They were communists. And that was the God they worshipped. So anyway, back to your back to answer your question. I mean, people ask why I get along with so many different people, so many different religions and races and things like that. Because I've ended up hanging around with all of them. Familiarity is the best way to do these things. I've been around them all. Now I, I'm not. I'm not, I'm no saint. I have my prejudices too, just like I believe every human being does. I mean, who wants to be around Italians? I'll quit, Chris. I can make jokes. There's nothing wrong with Italians. But seriously, I have my prejudices too. But if you want to make 10-year-old Hitler not hate Jews, go take him around some Jews. Probably end up having a good time. They'll just have to go somewhere else to eat, Chris.
<laughs> Did you see this headline? Breaking 911. Illegal aliens break into a Texas ranch home, steal guns and ammo. That's bold. That's real, real bold. Remember when we had Laura Logan on our show earlier this week? I believe it was Tuesday. If you missed that podcast, you're going to want to go catch the Laura Logan interview where she talks about sitting down with a cartel leader in Austin, Texas, and him outlining everything they're doing and why they're doing what they're doing. They're getting bolder and bolder and bolder. The weaker Biden gets, the more these scumbags are salivating. It uh, is dangerous times out here. All right, one more segment on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday on the Jesse Kelly Show. Hang on. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. It has been quite a day. Quite a day. I'm going to wrap up all your Ask Dr. Jesse questions here in just a second. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, you can find the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. We read those on the air. First, let's get to the headlines I didn't get to. Foxnews.com. Images from Hunter Biden's laptop call into question Joe Biden's denial of talking business with his son. Of course Joe Biden talked business with his son. Nobody, no reasonable person believes that you've got this son who's a walking grease fire. Uh, Your son uh, walks around with a crack pipe. Of course you're going to discuss business with him. And I'll be frank with you, and I know this is a, a different take. I'm not even mad about it. Now, I'm mad we have a half brain as president. I'm mad we have a man as president with some really ugly ties to China. I'm obviously mad Joe Biden's president, period. Am I mad that Joe Biden was talking business with Hunter Biden? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Do you love your kids? Man, I love my kids. They're 10 and 12. And yeah, right now they're fine, but who knows? Addiction takes people all the time. Addiction takes people all the time. It's one of my fears as a parent. You can be the best parent in the world. It just happens sometimes. What if one of my sons turns out to be a walking grease fire? Look, it's not what you want. It's not exactly your dream for your child to one day have his laptop come out and it turns out he's bumping booger sugar off off of European hookers. That's not like a, a great moment in a dad's life, right? But would I still be there for him? You're daggone right I would. I would. If he needed business help, even if it wasn't the most <clears throat> up and uh, up and up business help, I'd be there for him. He's my son. He's my son. Now, these people should be nowhere near the, near the White House. These are scumbags. They're dirty. They have communist Chinese ties. I don't uh, and plus Joe Biden's not even a functional adult anymore. Uh, all that stuff's true. I'm not defending any of that, but what I'm saying is of course Joe Biden knew about all of Hunter Biden stuff. Do you think Hunter Biden could even pull any of this off without his dad? Get serious. Sell that somewhere else. Headline from WCNC.com. 
after the after flight delayed, then canceled. Passenger uses the emergency exit of the plane on the tarmac at Charlotte Airport. One, let's address something right now. Charlotte's Airport, maybe the greatest airport in the United States of America. It's kind of a mid-size airport, Chris. Oh, you would love it. Uh, the food options are awesome. The bar options are awesome. They have white rocking chairs lining the walls of Charlotte's airport. It's nothing but just comfortable places you can sit down. North Carolina is such a cool state anyway. Trust me on this. If you ever have the option, fly through Charlotte. If you happen to get delayed in Charlotte, I would do exactly what this guy did. I'm going out the emergency exit. I got to get to the rocking chairs. KWTX.com. Fort Hood sergeant indicted for murder in 2020 death of Austin protester. He's with the first Cav. His name is Sergeant Daniel Perry. He was in Austin, Texas. You've probably seen pictures or video of this. His car was surrounded by Black Lives Matter protesters. Some guy, Garrett Foster, had an AK-47 in his hands, surrounds Sergeant Perry's car, and then you can see this on camera, aims it at Perry. Perry pulls out a pistol. Perry was an Afghanistan veteran. Garrett Foster was busy LARPing as some commie revolutionary. And that story ended with Garrett Foster dead. Now they're charging Daniel Perry with murder. What's the lesson in all that? Get out of blue areas. You are no longer protected by the law in blue areas. In blue areas, these Soros-backed DAs, they're coming for you. They are absolutely coming for you. They will destroy you, and they will cover for the other guy. We've seen this time and time and time again. I wish that wasn't the case. It is. Back to your questions. Dear Dr. Jesse Oracle Kelly, one, congratulations on the new show. So happy that more of the country gets to be graced by your handsomeness and smooth sound. And then she moves on. Please settle the question in our house. What are the appropriate sides to be served at our Independence Day barbecue with smoked beef ribs? As a Texas resident and food expert, as I am, Chris, I I fully trust your opinion on this. One, no vegetables. I'm so sick of having to live this lie that vegetables are acceptable cuisine. You know what you eat with ribs? You eat the greatest thing in the world there is to possibly eat with ribs. You make a big old vat of the creamiest, cheesiest mac and cheese you can possibly find. And because you're a Texan, mix some diced jalapenos in there. Pour the pepper in there. All of you. Enjoy your Independence Weekend. You are blessed by God to live in the greatest country in the world. Don't forget it. That's all. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.